John Cannon and the Congregation of Victory Church welcome you to this message from the Word of God. It is our heartfelt desire to see you grow closer to the Lord and to help you become all that He has created you to be. Our prayer is that through this ministry you would come to know Him in a greater way and that these teachings from Scripture would better equip you to fulfill His plan in your life. Now, let's join Pastor John as we study the Word together. If you have your Bibles, open them up, please, to the, to the Gospel of Luke. Uh, as our tradition is in our home, before we open up gifts and we celebrate on Christmas Eve together as a family, and as long as I can ever remember, uh, I would sit the family down, and before we exchange gifts, we open up the Bible and we read passages of Scripture that deal with the Christmas story. But Luke chapter 2 is one that I read every single year to our family and uh, and I hope and pray that you go there and just live in this passage of Scripture during this time of year. Uh, there's some great Scripture also in the Old Testament. Paul did a great job uh, preaching on the prophecies of, of Christmas a couple of weeks ago. And, and there's tremendous passages of Scripture in the Old Testament that deal with this subject. But none as, as great, I think, as Luke chapter 2 dealing with the Christmas story. Now, I'm going to read. Typically, we always read. Our default Bible here is the Holman Christian Standard Bible. We read out of that translation. But just for familiar, familiarity, help me out with that word. I lost it. Uh, just so it's a little more familiar for us, um, I'm going to read out of the New King James Version. Uh, the King James Version is a lot more sometimes poetic. Uh, and, you know, that's kind of what we're, we're raised, memorizing Scripture, and it kind of flows. And uh, So this morning I'm going to be reading out of the New King James just for nostalgia's sake and for the, the poetry of it and the tradition of it. It says in Luke chapter 2 and verse number 1, And it came to pass in those days that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. And this census first took place when Quirinius was governing Syria. So all went to be registered, every one to his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone all around them, and they were greatly afraid. And Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a mortal a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this Christmas season and what it means. And many times we're, we're guilty of getting caught up in the busyness of the season. But God, help us to just hit the pause button. 
for a moment this morning just to reflect and to think about you. The real reason for the season that you came. God incarnate. God that steps out of eternity into time and is born of a virgin and simply born so he could one day die and redeem all mankind. Father, we thank you for what Christmas means. We thank you for the wonderful gift of your son. And Lord, my prayer is this morning, if there's one here today that, that does not know you, as their personal Lord and Savior, that today will be the day when they receive the greatest gift that has ever been given, and that's your Son, Jesus. I know that Jesus is the answer to every problem, every difficulty, every trial in all of our lives. And help us, God, to look to you, the author and the finisher of our faith. I ask you, God, to speak to our hearts this morning. As we reflect on the Christmas story, in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Think about it if you will. Ah, the majesty, the majesty, the glory of the Christmas story. I guess there's really no other story in Scripture that summarizes and wraps up the purpose and the power of God more than Luke chapter number 2. I mean, think about it just for a moment if you will. From eternity past, there has always been God. Guys, you must remember that God has always been, and He always will be. But for a brief moment in history, God steps out of eternity and steps into time. God incarnate, born of the Virgin Mary. Think about that. It's hard to really get our hands around. It's really... It's really difficult to grasp whenever you start thinking about a supreme being, a supreme God from eternity past, all of a sudden now, chooses this young virgin lady by the name of Mary. The Holy Spirit comes upon her. She is now with child and God incarnate in the flesh. His son, the Lord Jesus Christ is born. What a story. It's really difficult when you really start breaking it down to get your arms around it. But I don't know that there's another story in the Bible that, that portrays the power and the purpose of God more than that. I mean, after all, that's what it's all about. As a matter of fact, you can go from the book of Genesis, from the very first prophecy of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ in Genesis chapter 3 and verse number 15. And there you can find from that very first prophecy of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, you can find a scarlet thread, a bloodline, if you will, that runs from Genesis chapter number 3 all the way to the gospel story in the book of Luke, where God had planned when, before the world was ever born. As a matter of fact, Jesus, the Bible tells us, that He was willing to go and die for the sins of the world before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. This is God's story. This is His power. This is His purpose, all being revealed for us here on this Christmas season. Think about it. God steps out of eternity into time. And then we read about the shepherds. I mean, that's just about God. And you can go on and on about that. But then you read about these shepherds, lowly 
undeserving, cast out, called unclean, were not allowed into the tabernacle or the temples because they were unclean out there on those Judean hillside taking care of those sheep. God reveals himself through the angels and shares the wonderful story of Jesus to these shepherds. Think about these lowly shepherds, yet so undeserving they've been called just the same. Guys, you realize that's true for every single one of us? Every single one of us are undeserving as well. But we've been called just the same. Well, then you look at the angels. You look at the angels, how amazed they must have been that the Creator was born in the image of the creation. Think about it. They knew who God was before He came to the earth. And here they're the ones pronouncing this wonderful story and this wonderful message to the shepherds on the hillside. And then you think about the wise men and all these different characters of the nativity scene that we acted out last week. You think about these wise men, how they came and traveled afar from a very long distance just to worship this king. And then you read about this manger. You read about how Jesus was laid in this manger. This Jesus who I believe laid aside certain attributes of his deity in order to come and be born in a manger. Ah, the splendor of the Christmas story. From royalty to rags, from creator to creature, from receiving the sacrifice of the Old Testament to becoming the new, the, the sacrifice of, of the New Testament. But I don't think, as we look at all of that, I don't think there's a greater Christmas story than what we find in Luke chapter number 2, verse 11. Uh, this morning, very quickly and very briefly, I want to unpack verse number 11. That's going to be my text verse. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Now guys, we make Christmas about a lot of different things. About families getting together and there's nothing wrong with that. Our family got together last evening. We're having a family dinner today. We're going to pack up and get in the, the van. And that, by the way, we got from the mission board to help us make this journey. I feel like the, the, the wise men on this great journey are going to travel to North Carolina. And we're going to gather with family. Nothing wrong with getting together with family. I think it's very important. But we look at all these other elements of the Christmas story. But I think it all comes back to one thing. It comes back to this babe born in a manger. All that we do in this Christmas season, it's like a funnel, if you will. It's kind of broad at the top, but it all narrows down to one focal point. Christmas has always been, and Christmas will always be, about this baby in a manger. Jesus Christ. Well, this morning, looking in verse number 11, I want to try to share with you very briefly, and I could go on. This could turn into a sermon series. You could unpack this so much. But in verse number 11, I want to try my best to share with you briefly. I know we all have other plans we need to go be doing today, and I want to try to respect that and respect your time. But I want us to briefly look in verse number 11, and I want us to look at the threefold identity of Bethlehem's babe, this baby that's born in a manger. I want you to look at his identity that the angels give him and what that means to us today in the year 2011. You see, this is just not a history story that we're receiving. We're just not going to come and hear about history and take the little test and pass it and walk out the door. Listen, it means something to us today. 
Amen? It should affect and impact our lives today. So here we're going to look at this threefold identity of Bethlehem's babe out of Luke chapter number 2 and verse number 11. Number one, look at this if you will please. For there is born for you this day in the city of David a what? What's the first word? A savior. There is a savior that is born. That's the very first Word of identity. That he, this baby that's being born in a manger in Bethlehem by the Virgin Mary is a Savior. In other words, that's a title of acceptance. We are accepted by God the Father because Jesus came as a Savior. Now why did he come as a Savior? Because he came to save sinners. Listen, that's, that's, the, that's the nucleus of the Christmas story. That's the whole reason he came. This child's mission is to set sinners free. Amen? You see, if we needed an education, he'd have sent us a teacher. And you've heard all of those analogies, right? If we needed fixing, he would have sent a mechanic. But we needed saving. So he sent us a savior, right? And this child's mission is to set the sinners free. In Luke chapter 19 and verse number 10, the Bible says, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And because He is our Savior, now we have acceptance into God's into God's presence by God the Father. As Savior, Jesus provided, I think, three essential services for the sinner. First of all, we are accepted in Him. And I've mentioned that just briefly. Listen to Ephesians chapter 1 and verse number 6. It says, To the praise of the glory of His grace, by which, listen to this, He has made us accepted in the Beloved. Who is He? Jesus. Who's the beloved? God the Father. We are now accepted into God the Father's presence. We are now part of His family by receiving Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior. We are now accepted into God. You see, our world today is struggling with this whole self-esteem issue. Guys, let me tell you something. It boils down to one thing. We almost realize, listen, we almost realize that we are of great value, that God loves us. There's nothing that we can do to make Him love us anymore. There's nothing that we can do to make Him love us any less. He loves us and He proved His love when He sent His Son in, in the, by the Virgin Mary to be born in a manger, ultimately to die on the cross. And now we are accepted by God simply because of His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. So if we could get a handle on that. Amen? We have to run around trying to feel accepted. We are accepted. God loves us. He created us. We are uniquely made. He made us the way we are. And we can be accepted into His presence by receiving Jesus as our Savior. So we are accepted by Him. We are also delivered by Him. You see, we're delivered by Him. We're delivered from, from sin's penalty. We're delivered from sin's power. We're delivered from sin's presence. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 18 and 19... It says, knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver or gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers. But you were redeemed, he says, with the precious blood of Christ as a lamb without blemish and without spot. Guys, we've been redeemed by this baby in a manger, this Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. We're accepted in him, we're delivered in him, and we're ultimately preserved in him. Amen? Guys, you realize a lot of times we as Armenian believers fall into this, I think, heresy 
of trying to be good enough and trying to do enough work, good works to merit being accepted by God the Father. And guys, let me tell you something. There's nothing. You, you cannot be good enough to work your way to heaven. I mean, if you, if you, if you lived, and no one, no one can live a perfect life, but if you strived to live a good of a life that you could possibly live every single hour of every single day, the rest of your day, and you stacked up, stacked up a mountain pile of good works, there's still not enough to get you into heaven. Amen? We have only been redeemed by the blood of Christ, and we are preserved in the Lord Jesus Christ. Whenever God looks at John Cannon, you know what he sees? He sees his son, Jesus. You see, whenever God looks over the portals of heaven and looks out to all humanity, he only sees two men. He sees you in Adam, which is your sinful condition, or he sees you in Christ Jesus, which clothed in the righteousness of Christ, all of his righteousness has now been imputed upon you as a believer. You see, I'm not getting to heaven because I preach on Sunday. I'm not getting to heaven because I'm a pastor. I'm not getting to heaven because I've been baptized. I'm not getting to heaven because I partake of communion or even I serve communion. I'm getting to heaven just like you're getting to heaven. I've trusted Jesus Christ who paid the ultimate sacrifice on Calvary's cross for my salvation. Him and Him alone am I trusting. And He's the only way that I am preserved. He's the only way that I am delivered. And He's the only way I am accepted. All because He is my Savior. Amen. All God's people can say amen right there. Amen. There is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior. Oh, I could go on and on about that. But we got to stop. Look, let's look at the second identity. Number two. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ. Now, not only do we have the Savior, which is a title of acceptance, but now we have the Christ, which is the title of access. In other words, we get access to God through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, this child came to do more than just simply provide salvation. He also came to allow access into the very presence of God. I've already touched on this briefly, but through Jesus, we can approach the Father. Think about that, church. Now get a hold of this one. There's a lot of folks in our community I guess it's because of all the Catholic influence in our community, and I want to be respectful to those of other beliefs, but I've got to preach the Word of God. I've got to tell you the truth of God's Word. Understand, guys, that we can only approach the Father through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse number 16 gives us an invitation. It says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace. That we may obtain mercy and find grace and help in the time of need. Guys, you realize that every single one of us, as a believer in Jesus Christ, there's the invitation to come boldly into the throne of grace. Now, I want you to listen to 1 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 5. For there is one God and there's one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. And guys, there's only one way that we can have access to God the Father. And that's through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not through our religion. It's not through our denomination. It's not by being Armenian or being Free Will Baptist or being Southern Baptist or General Baptist or Lutheran or Episcopalian or Methodist. Listen, it's only through Jesus. Amen? Now, I'm with any group that's preaching Jesus. Hello? 
I don't care what's on the church sign, if they're preaching Jesus and he is the only access that we have into God the Father, then I'm okay with that group. Hello? I mean, that's the, that's the cardinal fundamental rule of the faith. Only do we have access to God through the person of Jesus Christ. So we approach the Father through Jesus. He is Christ. He is our mediator. The mediator is one that stands in between the two. There's a holy God and a sinful man. And there has to be someone that can build that bridge. And that someone is Jesus. He's the mediator. He's the one that allows us to have access to a holy God. And apart from Him, we have no access to God. Right? And by the way, guys... I want you to realize that, that I'm really not your mediator. Now, I can pray prayers of intercessory prayer for you, but it's really between you and Jesus. Amen? You want to get to the throne room of God? Just go straight to Jesus. He, you can go straight in there through Jesus, right? Now, you can call me. You can send me an email. You can text me, whatever. I'll help you. I'll pray with you. I'll show you some scripture. I'll show you some text. But I promise you, all I'm going to be doing is pointing you to Jesus. Amen? And you go straight through him and you'll get straight to the throne room of God. He is our Christ. That's a title of access. And through Jesus, we can approach the Father. And through Jesus, secondly, we can appeal to the Father. In John 16 and verse 23, it says, In that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. You see, because Jesus is the Christ, and that refers to the anointed high priest. That's who he is. And so we can make appeals, we can make requests, we can make petitions to God the Father through the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I could go on and on about that one, but I'm going to stop. Let's go to number three. Not only do we see in Luke chapter 2, verse 11, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, which is the title of acceptance, who is Christ, which is the title of access, and thirdly, the Lord, which is the title of authority. Amen? The title of authority. We have acceptance through Jesus, we have access through Jesus, and we have authority in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the threefold identity of this Bethlehem's babe. When the angel, get this, when the angel called Jesus Lord, he was referring to the one, get this, who was and is to be in absolute control. He's the Lord. Amen? He rules. He reigns. And he should be ruling and reigning our lives as believers. He should be the one in absolute control in our life. He should be the one that has full authority in our life. And this title, that this Jesus, this Christ is the Lord, is a reminder to us all that he is the one that is ultimately in control. He is the one that has all authority in heaven and on earth. He is God incarnate in the flesh, the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the second person of the Godhead. He is ultimately in control and he has all, say it with me, authority. Amen? Say authority. Oh, we don't like that word in the year 2011 going into the year 2012, do we? We don't want anyone to have authority over us. Well, let me tell you something, friend. Until you bow a knee to a holy God and surrender your life to him. And allow Him to be not only your Savior and your Lord. I think you're in for a rough road in this life. Amen? Because He does have and always will have authority.
And you get one or two choices. You can bow to him on this side of heaven or you can bow to him on the other. But if you wait and bow a knee on the other, not bow a knee on this side, I promise you it's going to be too late. You will bow a knee and you will acknowledge that he is king of kings and lord of lords. And yes, he does have all authority. But unfortunately, it be too late for you on that, at that time. And he'll say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Don't wait till that time. Amen. Bow a knee to Jesus today. Because he has all authority in our lives. Guys, it's Christmas time. And it's time for us to realize that Christmas is all about this baby born in a manger. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This infant was no ordinary baby. As Savior, he's worthy of our worship. As Christ, he's worthy of our dependence. As Lord, he's worthy of our obedience. As Jesus, he's worthy of all that we give him. God, I got one question. Number one, or two questions. Number one, have you accepted the greatest gift that's ever been given, which is the Lord Jesus Christ? And then number two, have you given back the greatest gift you could ever give to Jesus? And that's your life. Just give it to him. I wonder as every head is bowed and every eye is closed. Father, this morning as we unpack this wonderful, wonderful story. Father, my prayer is that, number one, the believer here today would be encouraged. That we'd be blessed when we realize what a great God we serve. What an awesome presentation of your power and your purpose that's been given in this wonderful Christmas story. May it encourage our hearts as believers today. But God, my main concern is that there may be someone here today that has never trusted you as their Lord and as their Savior. My prayer is today that This Christmas, that someone today would receive the greatest gift ever given. That's your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Father, speak to our hearts today. You're worthy of our worship. You're worthy of our dependence. You're worthy of our obedience. You're worthy of all that we can give you. Help us, God, to worship you by giving you our life. Jesus name I pray I wonder as heads are still bowed and eyes are still closed I want to help you in this time of invitation and I'm not going to ask you to come forward and, but I'm going to ask you right there sitting where you are in your seats have you accepted Christ as your personal savior for unto us is born this day in the city of David a savior who is Christ the Lord If you're here this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, I'm going to ask you right now, will you just simply just pray this prayer along with me this morning? I'm going to pray it for you. And you just kind of whisper it in your heart and be sincere with it and just talk to God and do business with the Lord right now. Say, dear God, I look at my life. There's so many failures and mistakes. I realize, Lord, that I'm a sinner. God, I've tried to be a good person, but I I realize that it doesn't measure up. And right now, God, I just want to ask you to forgive me of my sins. 
believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that, God, you are in the flesh incarnate through your Son, Jesus, this baby born in a manger. I believe you lived a perfect life. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you were buried. I believe you rose again victoriously. God, I believe that. Right now, I just want to ask you to come into my life. Be my personal Lord and Savior. I need you, God, right now. I give you my life. Save me, God, I pray. Maybe you're here and you've already accepted Christ as your Savior, but maybe there's unconfessed sin in your life. Let me help you with this prayer. Just pray it silently, sincerely, in your heart, with me. God, we've made so many mistakes. Thank you for being my God, my Lord, my Savior. Thank you for being full of mercy and grace and forgiveness and long-suffering, being patient. God, I've stumbled along the way. I'm going to claim 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins, that you're faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us of all unrighteousness. God, right now, I pray you forgive me. Restore me into a right fellowship with you once again. Father, I need you in my life. Help me to live for you. As we close out the year 2011, as we march victoriously in the year 2012, God, we don't know what lies ahead. But God, we're going to trust you. and We want to go into this brand new year with you. We want to close out this, new, this old year and be in a right relationship and a right fellowship with you, oh God. God, I pray you'd reveal yourself to me. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us for this message from the Word of God. We know that the truth you have just heard will change your life, if you believe it and intentionally apply it. If you need someone to pray with, or maybe you just want someone to talk to, please call us at 618-622-9360. That's 618-622-9360. Or you can email us at victory at victorychurchonline.net. That's victory at victorychurchonline.net. If you're interested in obtaining more teaching materials, or if you'd like to partner with us in this ministry, please contact us. You can call, email, or send a request to 715 Lake Point Center, Suite 109 in O'Fallon, Illinois. Or come check us out on the web at www.victorychurchonline.net. And again, we thank you and are glad you could join us.